Hello. Everybody. <laughs> and welcome to the Word of Mail. We are the Link, you guys. My name is Scott Powell. My name is Father Peter. Damas. Damas. Aka DJ Mas. DJ Mas. I was I was gonna tell you my my full name. You told it to us like two weeks ago. Oh shoot! I shouldn't have done that. Because you have like seven names, right? I do. I was thinking about taking another one the other day, but I, um, you can't just take names. Can yeah, you? yeah, dude, that's how I got I so many. I feel really Jimmy today. I, I do. No, this is what I was gonna do. I realized that I have a, a real, I have a deep patronage towards Saint Claire. Okay. I ask her for her intercession every time I preach. Okay. Um, along with Saint Thomas Aquinas, Saint Eusebius, Saint John Chrysostom, and Saint Claire. Is it Saint Eligius? Was he on there? Uh huh. Okay. Which was his feast day was December first. Oh yeah, yeah. I nice. like I like Eli Eloy. Eloy. Um, but uh, dude, I was supposed to be named Claire. That really? was that was you were a girl. Yeah, that was my name. Well, my parents were pretty darn sure I was going to be Claire. Wow. So they didn't even think of a boy's name until they were rolling my mother to give delivery to me. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so I was thinking, dude, I should take Claire because in some sense it was a given name. Huh. Yeah, I guess kind of. So how would that? So what would your full name be then? In that case, Peter Michael Thomas Baptiste Lily Sixtus Anthony Claire Musset. Is there a Lily in there? Uh huh. You have Lily in your name. I have Lily in my name. What for? Um, because What's the significance. Um, when I was uh, ordained a priest, I took the name Lily so that because I want to be a Lily in the hand of Saint Joseph. Ah, nice. My yeah. daughter's name is Lily, and that's and why I'm, I'm so interested. Yeah, and I think that that's a good name. Well, you know why we named her Lily, right? No. She's named after Blessed Kateri Tekawitha. Oh, I'm oh. sorry, Saint Kateri Tekawitha. Ooh. Who is called the Lily of the Mohawks. So we've always known we wanted to name her after Kateri Tekawitha, but we didn't want everyone for the rest of her life mispronounce your name as Katerai. Is Katerai Powell here? Katerai. So like, all right, let's take the saint and just change the name. Dude, that's awesome. So Lily. Lily Avila. Lily Avila. Mm. What if I started calling her Kateri? Um, would, would it make her teary? Ah, she knows who Kateri is. She does. She does, dude. Well, that's she can pronounce Tekakwitha better than most people I know. <laughs> well, I can't pronounce it very well. No, I, I, I didn't even. I didn't even want to try it right now. Why? Cause do it. I want to embarrass myself. Do it. Come tek- on, everybody wants. Tek- everybody's tek- doing it. Tekakwitha. No, dude. See, that's <laughs> I'm a, just kidding. Dude, <laughs> uh, what are you doing? You, dude, that was like full on baiting me. I, I said, know. I don't want to do it because I don't do it well. And then you mock me for it. I didn't mock you. I scoffed at you. It scoffed. There's a oh, difference between mockery and scoffing them. Does that make you a scofflaw? Oh. oh. What? Dude. I don't, I don't get that one. That's because your vocabulary is thin. My vocabulary is, I was trying to think of a big word. For, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't anything. <laughs> and, and, I'm just, and I'm just going to let it be that way. Let it be. Let it be. So, um, how, do we have some shout-outs or anything? Well, that's what I'm trying to find. <laughs> I'm raising to find. I don't. Do you have any shout-outs, dude? Let me ask you. Um, uh, I have a shout-out for uh, Kate Schmid. Ah, oh, Kate Schmid. We have um, we have baked treats in front of us. Are these from the Schmid? Yeah, this is the Schmid's Schmid. makes a mean baked treat. Yeah, and she was she was like, this oh. is this is my new chocolate sour cream recipe frosting. Oh, She's like man. Simon loves it. I took a bite of that and my mind was blown. Have you had it yet? No, it's a cupcake. Sorry, everyone, we're talking about chocolate cupcakes, which are ridiculous. It, and we were and we. I'm not eating yours, am I? There's is only, this mine? Was this for me? It was. We had to split it. I only. No, there's another one. 
with her. That was Father Brady's. I was splitting. Oh, no. I was splitting mine oh, no. with you. Oh no! Well, here, look. Oh, dude. Oh, look. There's still some there's left. Still a half. I, I can't wait. Is the frosting pretty good? It's so good, and there's chocolate chips inside. Oh my! I'm so. Excited. Oh, this is like the old days when we always talked about eating, and everyone told us to stop. Dude, that's <laughs> okay because that? we just had some phenomenal coffee too. That coffee was really oh, good. special coffee. Oh man. Is that not subtle enough? <laughs> <laughs> you are so subtle. I cannot believe that you they haven't taken an extra name called Trainwreck. Oh, this is so good, though. It really is. You have the happy, f- sad face. Uh, t- happy, today, sad face? Oh, oh, the mug. The happy, yeah. f- sad face mug. And I today have the Balliol College mug. Yes, I was noting that. And because the, I spend a, a time in Oxford every year. Yes, but I, I wanted to keep it is. to myself because um, I've been like so deep in on Tolkien recently. Yeah. Oh man, it's been like freaking geeking me oh, out. Oh, you wanted to keep the mug for yourself? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, I just think that um, Tolkien was such a master. He's helping me pray right now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Send him to my so, house. So I have no, I have no uh, shout outs other than that. That's it. Um, great. Surely there's somebody else to give a shout which out I'm, to. Who which else? I'm gonna eat. Who else? Um, who else can we give a shout out to? Somebody. Whoa. Everybody. Dude, that is I know, that's a seriously mean, mean cupcake. You shouldn't action. eat on the air, dude. Just back it up. <laughs> I can hear you're chewing in my ears. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I'm like, I just chewed in like a thousand people's ears. Yeah, my it's sister. Okay. Just back it off a little. My sister, um, she hates that sound. She, <laughs> so she, do three thousand of our other listeners. Yeah. No, they don't. I don't know if they do. They, they should. They, I, yeah, they can, should. Can I apologize? But it was worth it. It's really good. Yeah, I just wanted them to experience it with me, and the only sense that they have is <laughs> of hearing. They don't see or taste or touch. Yeah, no, they definitely experienced it with us. So don't touch me. No. Uh, well, let's get into this. What yeah, are, what let's. Are, we what better. Are, what are we reading today? We what mean, are we reading? So we're in the, the book of Isaiah. Oh, we're in Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete. 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 Not Gaudete. Gaudete. So pink Sunday. It's rose. It's when you get to wear. It's rose. Sucko. Pink. I dude, pink is a virile color. Virile? Yes. Manly. Okay. Just in case you're you with no vocab should dude, hold on. You study all these no, ancient I'm... languages and stuff. You got like a crazy. <laughs> well then vocab. say something in Greek or Hebrew. Um, I'll be right I'll be right there with you. Barukata Aluhenu. Oh yes. Yeah, dude. And which, praise the Lord as well. All which, right. Which is which is um blessed be God the, the Lord of Israel. Yeah. That's what we say in church in Mass. Yes, we do. Bechrukata Aluhenu Adonai. Adonai. Something Ha is Ha Israel. Yeah. Israel. <laughs> Israel. I'm a little off today. Dude, All right, so you we're, are. No, dude. Well, I wasn't, but then then but then I started talking to you. Yes, it's true, and now I'm thrown off. That's okay. Um, okay, so we're in the we're in we're in Rose Sunday. Gaudete. What does Gaudete mean, Father? Rejoice. Oh, so it's the Sunday of rejoicing. Yep, because yeah, it's almost over. Well, here's the it's almost over. Here's the thing: nobody realizes. I don't know if you guys even realize out there, but Advent is actually supposed to be like Lent, as we prepare for Christmas, as we would prepare as we prepare prepare for Easter. But nobody treats Advent like Lent. They treat it like Christmas started back in Halloween. And by the time Christmas actually hits, everyone's totally sick of it, and everything comes down the next day. But Christmas Day is actually supposed to be the beginning of all of it. So Twelve you, days. So what you're saying is that by eating this cupcake, I have violated my covenant with the Lord? 
Yes, that about. <laughs> I think that's about what I said. Shoot. Yeah. Well, I, so, I Deacon Nathan Goble would disagree oh, with you. He came up and he preached, and he was like, "I remember that people used to say this is mini Lent." Is it not? Well, I, I thought always I was, but that's okay. Because <laughs> what did he say? What's his argument? He, I, I did. He didn't have much of an argument, but he, but <laughs> it was he. He seemed to be very sure of himself. Well, he does have that great podcast called Catholic Stuff You Should Know. And I think that it's a great podcast. I think Deacon, Deacon Nathan, whenever he's on, he always makes me cry. I'm laughing so hard. I know. He's ridiculous. He is totally ridiculous. Um, what did that have to do with it? Well, no, okay, so Gaudete Sunday actually only makes sense, though, if in there's the context a penitential... of a penitential. I mean, maybe it's not Lent, but it is a penitential preparation season. I right? agree. That's why we're wearing purple. Eat your cupcake. Do what you got to do. Dude. But, you know, just be mindful. You're doing that very quietly. I'm going to talk <laughs> over it. All right, yeah, so it's Gaudete Sunday. So it's the third Sunday of Advent. Gaudete is always the third Sunday. That's why in your Advent candles, candles, candles. there's always a pink one. I'm sorry, a rose one. Thank well, you. Purple ones. All right, so we're reading from Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 6 and 10. Dude, I I was meaning to to figure out what those intermeaning verses was. Okay, so keep keep reading. Okay, yeah, you read, read the verses. intermeaning verses. Uh, Psalm, our Psalm is Psalm 146, verses 6 through 7, 8 through 9, and 9 through 10. We are in, uh, our second reading comes from James, which always looks like Jason when you're reading it in the abbreviated version. You're not listening to me. What? So James chapter 5, verses 7 through 10. And then our gospel comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. So there you go. Okay, well, I'll just handle this myself. So, first reading. <laughs> oh my gosh, now, here's dude, the thing. These verses are phenomenal in relationship to the gospel, dude. I've got a problem, though. Uh-oh. Speaking of the gospel. I don't know, and I got, we might have to mix it up here. I don't know, but I guess we can't because it's not. We can do We can do anything we want. We are I totally free. I don't know how to speak about these verse, these these readings without the gospel. Dude, just pull the I trigger. Think the gospel, it takes, but they're not going to be hearing it that way in mass. They're going to be but hearing it. They will be in the homily. <laughs> Stop eating your cup. <laughs> Finish your cup. Let it be known on the record. I told Father Peter to stop chewing. <laughs> All right. So I, well, okay. Is that what we want to do? Yes. Let's do it. I'm just, I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay. You're killing me. You're Dude, totally killing me. It's a really good cupcake. Oh, it's a it, guys. You guys, if you're annoyed Ooh. by Father Peter's chewing, you have no idea how good this cupcake is. So yeah. Kate Schmidt, yet another shout out. Yeah. Sorry, I almost ate the whole cupcake. And Kate, you probably just intended that cupcake for Father Peter, but thank you anyway. Yeah. All right. Um, I will say this much. Isaiah chapter thirty-five is known as the passage about the new Exodus. Exodus. That is, uh, yeah. All right, so should we just do? Th- I feel weird going straight to the gospel, but I think we have to do it. Today is the day. So um, all right, so J- John. Oh, now was this is wondering. not what we're going to keep doing, though. We're not going to. I don't think this should be the norm. No, but I think today, because of the way that John approaches this question, so, so pedagogically, so, it makes most sense. Yeah, this is the thing. Is I was talking to my brother, and I was like, Neil. Neil. I was like, Thanks for uh, listening to the podcast. You're my brother, my progeny. I love it. And I was like, I was Your like, progeny. Oh no! Hold on, sorry. Doesn't that mean you're off? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Strike that. My, there goes there goes my out. vocabulary. I'm not editing that. Yeah, no. And um, but I was talking to him, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, sometimes, sometimes Scott's kind of neurotic, and he's like, Scott's neurotic. Scott's neurotic. He was like, he's like, he's like, what I really appreciate. Wait, you guys. wait, wait. What do you think I'm neurotic about? <laughs> right now, 
is demonstrating what? your neurosis. What do you mean? <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, what do you mean Scott's neurotic? Yeah, what does he mean? He just came right back at me. No, I was saying that to him. And then he said, no, you're totally neurotic. He's too. in the right. I agree with Neil on this. Yes, Neil, we, you and me. We're both neurotic. I'm not neurotic. You're totally neurotic. In what way? <laughs> Our apology battles, dude. Come on, let's be honest. Our what? I'm sorry that I, I I'm sorry I called you neurotic. I'm sorry I called me neurotic. See, that's it. This is demonstrating it. Okay. Okay. So what what am I neurotic about though? Right now is starting the <laughs> in the improper order. Oh yeah, it's bothering me. Okay, but but dude, let's okay, read. Okay, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. No, okay. So is that all you had to say about that? Yeah. Okay. So can we go for it? Uh-huh. So Matthew eleven. So jump down, everybody. Come down with us. Matthew eleven. Here's what it says. When John the Baptist heard in prison about the works of the Christ. That's Jesus, mm-hmm. in case you didn't know. He sent his <laughs> disciples. He sent his disciples to Jesus with this question: Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Great question. So um let's set the scene for a second here. Dude, what, John the Baptist totally knew that it was Jesus see, is the this Christ. This is the ancient debate. Oh, well, okay, yes. Yes, I agree with this you. This is my beloved son. Right. Oh, no. So what and is he who, doing? I will well please. Isn't it a sin to impersonate God or something? Oh, yeah, it is. I'm sorry. I know it's canonically a sin to impersonate a priest, right? Yeah. I put on your collar once (laughs) (laughs) at a party. Dude, if you started saying dude a lot and then using phrases such as like, Tom's a hard, then you would have a canonical problem (laughs) because you'd be be imitating me. Amen to that. All right. um, I think you're right. But it it raises the question, okay, well, why is he asking this? So he, I mean, okay, if, if it. Not only was John there at the baptism, watching the skies opened and the dove descending and a voice bursting out, this is my beloved son. Yeah. He was also Jesus' cousin. I mean, he knows this guy. Yeah. If there's anybody who knows that Jesus is the Christ, it's him. Because he's the he's the greatest prophet of all time. So what's going on? Why is he he's, asking He's this? bigger than Isaiah, let's be honest. He's bigger than Isaiah. Why is he asking this, though? Because... He needs his disciples to go and find out. Yeah, see, that's the classic traditional answer. Uh, dude, are I you, don't you, like it. You don't like it? I don't. You, it you, could be the case. This it, is totally 100% speculative on my on my part. Okay, so what you're saying is that John the Baptist was not a punk. That, I that haven't there, said yet. yet. Okay. I haven't said what I feel yet. Okay, well, t- then why don't you tell me? You just looked at your watch. No, I didn't. I touched you have time my, for this? I touched <laughs> my watch, sucker. Okay. <laughs> now, the... <laughs> I do I do agree. John surely knew the answer to this question. He knew who Jesus was. Okay. I know the traditional well kind of the kind of the classic idea is that oh he's testing his disciples to try to show them, you know, so that they ask the question so that they hear the answer. Da 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 da. Socratic blah blah blah. But there's another alternative. Now think about you, it. You mean the Socratic method fails sometimes? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. No, if he was doing that, I don't think he is. No, I don't know. Let me just make this clear. I don't know. Okay, this, this is, is hypothesis. I'm very human. I'm, I'm a melancholic by personality, which okay. means everything is depressing to us. Okay. So we always assume the worst okay. of everybody. But John the Baptist, he's not Christ. He's a human being, which means he struggles with things. Um, you know, we have sometimes these holy card images of people, like they do no wrong. But think about it. Here's John the Baptist. Where is John the Baptist when this story is taking place? John the Baptist is in prison. Yeah, he's in prison. And what he's hearing is Jesus is out there walking around, doing all the stuff. He's healing the the infirm. He's raising he hasn't raised anyone from the dead yet, I don't think. Nope. But he's healing people, he's curing people, he's he's I mean he's doing amazing, miraculous things. And what's John doing? He's sitting in prison. Now Jesus, what you get off your phone. I'm listening to I'm you. Kidding, I'm just kidding. 
Everyone's going to laugh at that. <laughs> you were just, you almost said something distasteful to me. I know I didn't. I just looked at you with my mouth open, dude. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so John the Baptist, he's in prison. Okay, so he's in prison. Nobody's he's... been raised from the dead yet from no. Jesus. Okay, you heard like two things I said. So he's in prison. <laughs> he's watching or he's hearing about Jesus doing these incredible things. When Jesus is doing these incredible things, what that's saying to the world is, look, I am setting myself up as the king. Because the king, according to the prophecies of Isaiah, was supposed to work miracles and do incredible things and, and do all the stuff that Jesus is doing. So here's Jesus beginning to establish his kingdom, talking about his kingdom, working miracles, setting people free, emancipating people. And where is the king's herald sitting in prison? I mean, could it be the case that John the Baptist is like, okay, I know who you are. I know what you're doing. I think this is great that you're establishing the kingdom. Hey, remember me over here? I'm your cousin. I'm your herald. You know, that's great that you're working on these miracles, but I, why am I still stuck in prison? How come I'm not along for this ride? Not not in a selfish way, but I mean, imagine that. You know, the yeah. one that you, you did the work. You prepared the way. You prepared everyone's hearts. And now everyone else is being set free from their imprisonments except you. Could it be that John is like, okay, Seriously, Jesus, help me, you know, help me out here. And almost saying tongue in cheek, are you the one who is to come or should we look for somebody else? Like, I know who you are. Are you the Christ or should I just look somewhere else? Now, that's not the kind of classic holy card version of this story. But isn't it possible that John might have just struggled with a little frustration and thought, I'm frustrated. I don't want to be stuck in prison here. I understand. I'm doing my part. Kind of kind of like when Joseph was imprisoned um, back uh, in the the king's court. yeah. Yeah, in Genesis. Yeah. Yeah, because like it could he, be like he struggled. I mean, he like, struggled. He really struggled. Yeah, and and you have this king who's totally like manipulative and weird and trying yeah. to get you to sing one of Zion's songs. And the baker forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. No, the barber. No, who who was he in prison with? The baker, the barber, and the hold on. Isn't that like some sort of weird childhood <laughs> rhyme? <laughs> a baker, a barber, and a priest walking to a bar. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't so either. anyway, so. That's a maybe, really interesting who interpretation. Who knows? But, you know, maybe. Or maybe he's just, he, he knows exactly, and he's just trying to get his disciples to hear it firsthand. Regardless, he sends this question to Jesus. Yes. Are you the one, or should we look for somebody else? And mm-hmm. Jesus says, Jesus said to them in reply, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the good news preached to them, and blessed is he who takes no offense at me. Yeah. Now, Again, it's Bible time, so you kind of expect, oh, people are going to talk weird and cryptically in Bible times. But imagine that you are John, and imagine you are a little frustrated, and you ask a simple question. Are you the one or not? And you get this answer. Oh, tell him that the blind see and the lame walk, and this long-winded cryptic answer. Why can't Jesus just say yes or no, right? Yeah. So this is one of the first instances in the Gospel. It is the first instance in the Gospel of Matthew of Jesus speaking in the formula of parables. Now, this isn't a parable, but... There's what does a, f- a parable do? A parable has the ability to conceal something and reveal something. So if you know what's going so what's a classic Old Testament parable? Remember there's that story of David and Bathsheba. Yes. So remember David has just committed this terrible sin with Bathsheba. He had a child out of wedlock. And then he Nathan, her Nathan the prophet comes Nathan and says comes in. and he says, Hey man, what if there was this little sheep and this guy loved his sheep and he like he kept it in bed because he loved that sheep so much? Do you know what he calls the sheep? No. This is fun. He says, it says, uh, the do- the sheep was like a daughter to him. Do you know what the Hebrew word for daughter is? Uh, Batula? Bath. Bath? Bath, B-A-T-H. Who did David just have an affair with? Bathsheba. Bathsheba, the daughter of the covenant. 
So it's embedded in here. Bath She's like, oh, yeah, that sheep was like a bath to him, David. Nudge, nudge. Oh, no. Yeah, it's intense. And so, and David's like, this guy needs to die. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, you're the man. You're the one. So, But that's a classic parable because what it did is the fathers of the church use the analogy of uh, like um, bait on a fish hook. So you come and you take the bait, and before you know it, it's too late and you're hooked, right? Yeah. You've been pulled in. But they have this ability to, if you, if you understand what's going on, they reveal all these things. So when I said to you that daughter is actually both, because you know the parable, you're like, oh, wow, that adds this new piece to it. Yeah. If you don't know what's going on in the parable, you're totally lost and you're kept out. So Jesus gives this seemingly cryptic answer. Yeah. What is he actually saying, though? What is he quoting? Do you know? Blessed is he who takes no offense at me. The whole thing. Isaiah? What in Isaiah? Our first reading in Isaiah? Our first reading. He quotes the first reading. And he goes on to quote it, and that's why those extra verses are really helpful, because it mentions the reed. Oh, it mentions the reed that was shaken. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's... But so think about it. So Isaiah 35, now we're dancing around a little bit. Okay. The context of Isaiah 35 is, remember, we've talked a lot about Isaiah. It's got the bad news, and then it's got the good news. Mm -hmm. And embedded in the bad news that you've been sinners, you've turned away from the covenant, there's going to be punishment. Embedded in that is this hope of a new exodus. But someday you will be set free. Just like your forefathers were set free from their slavery and their captivity in the exodus, so too the new people of Israel are going to be set free from their captivity and their slavery when the Messiah comes. And so everyone's looking forward to this time when, and what will it be like when this new exodus happens? Well, our first reading says the desert and the parched land will exalt. The steppe will rejoice and bloom. It will bloom with abundant flowers. And it says, it goes on to say that... um, uh, the Lord is coming with vengeance and vindication with divine recompense. Yeah. So the Lord is coming with power and might. What does it look like when the Lord comes with power and might? Flowers bloom and trees blossom and yeah. rivers run. It's really kind of beautiful yeah. because it means all of creation is going to be swept into this. Yeah. And when he comes, well, what's going to happen? It says the eyes of the blind are going to be opened. The eyes of the ears of the deaf will be cleansed. The lame will leap like a stag. The tongue of the mute will sing. So when the Messiah comes, the creation is going to be transformed and the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the mute will, um, what do mute people not do? Talk. The mute will talk, <laughs> right? All these things are going to happen. <laughs> what is John the Baptist witnessing or hearing about while he's in prison? All of these prophetic signs. Or the blind saying, the deaf hearing, the mute talking. So when Jesus says in response, tell him this. So are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah or should we wait for somebody else? He says, guess what? The blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the mute are, are talking, the lame are walking. All these things are happening. And blessed is he who takes no offense at that. As if John might actually take some offense at what's happening to him. Yes. Because he's not included. Now, here's the question. So is Jesus' answer yes or no? Are you the Christ? He says, yes. You bet I am, because look. Look at at this. I'm actually fulfilling Isaiah. Precisely. Now, here's the twist. Here's where it's kind of like a parable. Um, Would John have understood that answer? Do you think? Would John have recognized what Jesus was saying? Well, I mean, according to Jesus' words, as these guys are walking away, he says that um, there's no greater prophet than than John the Baptist, yeah. which which means that I mean, like if I look at Isaiah, Isaiah gr- was grasping stuff, and if if if, yeah. if we would consider John, this is the thing is that we have to remember John is born to a priestly family. Yeah, right. 
So, he, so he, he's not going to be unfamiliar with the temple sacrifices, with the scriptures. Right. He's going to be imbued with all of this, and he's going right. to know what he's wearing. He's going to know what Absolutely. his mission is. He's not going to be deceived about what he's actually doing. Absolutely. And so, so of course, he's going to recognize. I mean, the, the chapter thirty-five of Isaiah is was profoundly popular. Oh yeah, and, and everybody's reading this. And I mean, for us, I mean, you looking at the chapters right up to forty, and yeah. you're and and like forty is him, so he's going to know what. <laughs> right. Like, he's going to know what this is about. Yeah, so I think he gets it. So does John the Baptist know what Jesus is saying? Yeah, I think so. But where is John the Baptist? Prison. What? Who is prison? Herod's. Yeah, who's over Herod? Who do you think runs that prison? Caesar? Yeah, so who do you think is stat? Who are the guards? Roman soldiers. Yeah, the Roman soldiers, right? Because it's a Roman prison, even though it's under Herod's control. So... Do you think the guards who are surrounding John the Baptist would have understood Jesus' words? No. Had they heard, okay, so John says, okay, are you the king? I'm your herald. Are you the king or not? And they hear this message, oh, some guy just said he is the king. What do you think those guards are going to do? They're going to revolt. They're going to. They're going to go and take him out. They're going to take him out. They're going to kill John the Baptist on the spot. Now, John the Baptist will be martyred. Jesus will be killed on the cross. But you get the sense that it's not time yet. No. So what's he doing? Jesus is giving an answer that John will certainly understand, but the people around him will not. He he gives a coded answer that John mm. for John to get, for John to understand. But he also knows that he wants John to stay alive for a little longer. And he wants himself to actually stay alive because, you know, there's that, um, remember the movie The Passion of the Christ? Uh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course I did. I know. Okay. So there was a movie post. I worked for Focus at the time when it came out, and yeah. we rented out this whole movie theater for it up in Montana. But they sent us all these promotional things, like posters and stuff. And I remember I opened this poster, and it was the movie poster. It was like the backlit cross, you know, Mel Gibson at the bottom. And the tagline on the movie poster was, his reason for living was dying, or something, something like that. And I remember, I didn't understand why, but I was bothered by it. I was bugged by that. Mm. Because it didn't make sense to me that his reason for living was dying. I mean, if, if Jesus just came to die, he could have done it as an infant. They were trying to kill him then, but his family actually escapes to Egypt. He could have done it when the people want to throw him off the cliff, when they want to stone him. He, most of the Gospels are spent with Jesus actually evading death and trying not to be killed. Mm. If you ever thought about that. Because his reason for living was not solely to die. His reason for living was actually to come and establish the church and build his kingdom. And once that was done, and he had established these disciples, he gave the keys of the kingdom to Peter. It's actually, you know, if you follow the Gospels closely, only after he gives the keys to the kingdom does Matthew say, then he began to reveal himself. Dude, you just blew my mind, even in relationship to how Jesus is taking the imagery of David yeah. and living it out in a whole new way with Saul's Saul, who sits in the seat of authority, actually hunting him down. And I mean, yeah. Matthew makes extensive efforts in the genealogy to point him out yep. as, you know, the, the 314 generations, which is just pretty awesome. So yeah, uh, yeah totally. like, wow, you're just blowing my, you're blowing my melon up. <laughs> Your melon. melon. Yeah. But that's, I mean, this is all what he's, this is all embedded in what he's telling John the Baptist because- he has a very specific job. And I just think it's fascinating, though, that he's clearly trying to stay alive. In yeah. This, and he's trying to keep John alive, too. Even though we know it's inevitably going to happen, there's actually more to the story than that. And that's so beautiful, isn't it? I mean, if our faith is reduced to just the crucifixion, which is a profound moment, it's important. then we lose the whole church. We lose the whole ministry. We lose the mission of what Jesus is actually doing. It's a capstone. It's a, it's a, yes. you, you can have a capstone, but no structure. And then it's just a 
then it's just a stone. But yeah, exactly. the capstone actually fits all the pieces properly. Yes. And gives them the right support. The support of the pieces. Support of the pieces there. Okay, yeah. the, dude. <clears throat> wow. I'm like totally, I'm I'm loving this. But yeah. I mean. Um, See, now I don't know what to do because we're all thrown off in the reading order. Well, this is what we're going to do. Is we're going to go into neurotic. this. Okay, so, second reading now. Okay. Let's just jump into the second reading because then it'll it'll explain the first and the third and the fourth. And do you we'll, want to point out though what was in between there? In oh, Isaiah? hold on. Don't we have the we have the the um the psalm 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 psalm. I know, but it, you talked about what was something that it was in between in the reading of the first reading. Oh well, yeah. What listen, was smashed in the middle there. Well, you listen. It says um because it's like six a is when it, where it ends and yeah. it says, um but listen to th- think about John the Baptist in relationship to this now. Yeah, okay. Okay, um, uh, for water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Yeah. Okay, where is he baptizing? Hmm. Ah, in the desert. The burning sand shall become streams a pool. Streams in the desert. Yeah, streams. Yahtzee. It's awesome. Nice. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And Jesus wow. makes the question, he says, what did you go out to see? Did you go out to see a reed? Swaying in the wind, <laughs> right, right. Oh, or I never connected that. Yeah, why? Well, I, I, I mean, because it's not there. It's wow. The, the, and then he says, and then a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. Oh my gosh, the unclean shall not pass over it, because oh. John the Baptist is is getting them to repent to come back in and cleaning them so that yeah. they can come back over the way. Wow. So no fool shall err and then, and then because no lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. Wow. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. That's where we start. Wow. Dude, that's really beautiful. But yeah, the the, the reed, it's um, grass shall become reeds and rushes. I don't really even know what that means, but because I'm just reading it right now. I'm not totally sure either, but I do know when it talks about the way, a way will be prepared. So this is, you know, the whole John the Baptist thing, prepare mm-hmm. the way of the Lord. Um in the Septuagint, so in the Greek version of the Old Testament, and every time it's used in the New Testament, mainly in Mark. Mark's the one that really talks about the way of the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And he quotes Isaiah. Um, the word is is hodos, O-D-O-S in the Greek, which doesn't mean, so we, we hear the way. With an accent. With a little accent. But we think of the way of the Lord, and, you know, because of where we live in the world, we're in the Western world, we're formed by Plato and Aristotle. That's just what our culture is. We think in terms of abstractions. So we think the way of the Lord, oh, it's kind of the way that we should live as we follow Jesus or the spiritual life. Or No, hodos was literally a road or a highway. So when it says prepare the way of the Lord, it literally says prepare a highway, prepare, build a road. And if you read the rest of Isaiah, that passage, yeah. it says, um, what does it say? The, the hills will be brought low and the valleys will be lifted up and you know all this stuff. I mean, if you read it carefully, it actually sounds like highway construction. You're going to be lifting, you know, filling in valleys and bringing down mountains and cutting through things and building a road. And if the, the the prophecy of Isaiah is all about the way of the Lord, and you know that Isaiah is all about the Messiah coming back, <coughs> he actually gives you a very specific blueprint for exactly what that road is going to lead to. So the road of Isaiah begins in the wilderness, in the streams, with a voice crying out, and it's going to lead, the Lord is going to travel on that road until he gets to Jerusalem, to Zion, where he's going to defeat his enemies and take up his throne. Every one of the Gospels basically tells the story of Jesus, the Messiah, showing up in the wilderness with John the Baptist and traveling a long road, which culminates in Jerusalem, where he takes up his throne on the cross and defeats his enemies. So it's, it's really, um, 
Gaudete, Gaudete, Christmas Sunday, Sunday. All right. Anyway, that's my song. Dude, that was beautiful. I'm sorry. That was beautiful. Thanks. Okay, what's our psalm? So our psalm is 146, and um, let me just read a couple a couple of the stanzas because it's obvious reasons that this one is chosen. It says, first of all, the, the responsorial John, itself. John, John Costanzas? Oh, George? <laughs> George, Costanza? shoot! Oh, See, you blew it. You had dude, the I had the opportunity. Blew I blew it. Oh, man. Times are hard. But it says, Lord, come and save us, which I love reading that in light of what at least I think is going on in John the Baptist's heart and mind. Well, what does he actually say? I mean, in between maybe a snarky comment or two, what's he actually saying? He's, Lord, come and save me. So yeah, our response, Be my savior. Be my savior. And so our responsorial psalm happens to say the same thing. So, Lord, come and save us. The and, Lord sets captives free. Yeah, I mean, you can't <laughs> argue with that. He's probably singing that in the, in, in the prison. He is. He probably is. But then look at the second stanza. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down, loves the just, protects strangers. It goes on to go through all these things that are listed in Isaiah 35 about giving sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf and speech to the to the mute and everything else. <laughs> speech to the lame. Speech to the lame, which is, in your case, what happened. Oh, thanks, man. You're welcome. So not only is it probably the thing that's on John the Baptist's lips, it's also answering the question of Isaiah 35. This is what's going to happen. It's reiterating that whole idea. Uh-huh. So it fits really beautifully, I think. Then we have Jason. Jason. Five, five, Dude, Jason. <laughs> what is this, Jason? <laughs> what? Where do you get Jason? His name is James. I know, the abbreviation J-A-S. Oh, J-A-S. Uh, why do they – yeah, that's always weird. It should be J-A-M. Jam, 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 dude! This is jam five and seven ten. Jam five, <laughs> dude. Oh, I love. Okay, so oh, I dude, forgot. Oh. Jam, jam five seven ten. It sounds like a radio station. Yeah, it does actually. This We're, is jamming fifty seven ten a.m. A.m. radio, <laughs> dude, and we are jamming, friends. We are jamming from coast to coast. And if we had our own radio station, we'd have to jam other radio stations. We basically do. Yeah, like you guys. We be, um, we be jamming. All right, so James, so James 5, James. 7 through 10. Listen to what it says. So take everything that we've just talked about, John okay. the Baptist sitting okay. in prison, and what does James then say? Be, be patient, patient, brothers, brothers and, and sisters, sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, being patient with it, <laughs> until you, it receives it early and late and late rain, late the rains. You too must be patient. Make your hearts firm, because the coming of the Lord is at hand. Don't complain, <laughs> Don't complain. brothers and sisters, about one another. They may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing before the gates. Take an example of hardship and patience, brother. Take as an example of hardship and patience, brothers and sisters, the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Dude, that's pretty epic to read it in that light. Dude. It, I'm really impressed with you right now. Because I, I changed the order? Well, no, just just oh. like being able to read that oh, in the yeah. context of John the Baptist sitting in prison and like yeah. ho- hoping on the Lord and like and like needing this reminder. It's like we don't like in some ways like there's a there's um. There is a holy card version of of what we of like the life of John the Baptist. Yeah. Dude, he had a rough go. Let's he just really be had honest. A rough go. He ate locusts and honey. <laughs> like well, honey's okay. He had all these like viperous um uh leadership coming out and like Oh yeah. And so he's like locked in conflict until finally he gets thrown in prison. And then and then you and then Jesus is like running around and he's like so stoked because he saw the heavens opened up. Finally. Finally, he's been like doing this. He's been like camping out for this yes. guy. Yes. Proclaim and like he knows his role in everything. Yes. And now he's like yes. he's totally jacked in prison and he's like yeah. are you him? 
<laughs> like, right. like, come on, brother. Yeah. Like, I did. I'm, I, I put it out there for right. you. And he's like, he's like, okay. Absolutely. In, and some, I mean, in some ways, I even hear him saying, encouraging John the Baptist saying, dude, I'm going to raise people from the dead. He is saying that. <laughs> yeah, he is saying that. And I mean, I think this is just so applicable to the Christian life. And especially, <laughs> seriously. Please turn off your cell phones <laughs> for the podcast. But I do, it is, this is the Christian life because. There's the, there's these great moments of, of joy and these huge things. We're like, oh, I get it. God is so close to me. Everything's great. And then it can just feel like we're just sitting in a prison cell. And that's so beautiful about Gaudete Sunday, at least in this part of the world. I don't know where you guys are listening from, but in this part of the world, I love that one of the things I love about the nature of the church is that in the liturgical year, the life of the church actually echoes the life of nature here. So... We're actually, I mean, think about it. You, you have um, Easter. Easter happens to fall, at least in this part of the world, at the time where everything is beginning to spring forth from the earth. So at that time of year, as things are coming back to life, that's when we remember Jesus coming back from the dead. At this time of year, it's the darkest time of year. It's cold. It's snowy. It's it's dark. It's, you know, the sun is the least snowy again. <laughs> the, the sun gives its least amount of light. And at that moment... As the world is doing this, as we're actually entrenched in living this in a certain darkness, that's when the light of the world is born. And so these readings are just such a great reminder in the midst of cold and snow and dark and everything else, whether in the physical world or in our spiritual lives, that there is still hope. And there's these reminders for those of us that feel like we're sitting in prison in certain aspects of our life, waiting for release. When is it going to come mm. that, look, the Lord is actively releasing these things. He's doing it. You have just to be patient because it's going to happen. It is happening. And your eyes can actually see it. It's going to take a while sometimes. Well, Dan, this is the thing is that the farmer, he, he actually uses the farm. He says, yeah. this, the, we, there was a time in which there, there wasn't irrigation and sprinklers. and, and Is like, that what he says? Yes, he does say that. Yes, no, he does. <laughs> but, but, I mean, he's saying they had to wait patiently on the rain. And, and in some ways, right. sometimes our, our contemporary culture can we were just talking we were discussing the nature of the microwave before we were doing the po podcast <laughs> that's true just talking about how like it does not take all that much longer to wait on the oven but the mm. microwave is so handy it's like mm. we, we have this ability to like not wait on things right. i i can get any information i don't even have to go to the library i could just go to wikipedia dude you can just go to your phone for pete's sake yeah i mean i just i which mm. I, I i do all the time i just Did look it. on wikipedia for the any of right. this information you know that's all i do <laughs> It's true. So, but yeah, this is, um, yeah, that, that, dude, you that blew me away today. You blew me away today. Dude, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> you guys are the best. Yeah, you guys are the best for listening and, and, uh, we just love you. And uh, we pray that, um, that, um, this really inspires you to fight through the darkness in the prison mm -hmm. that you're in and have some patience because yeah. remember the prophets of old, uh, those words that James spoke, that John the Baptist spoke that Jesus speaks, mm. dude, they really are for you. And it's not messing around. This is a real story. This isn't just some sort of Lord of the Rings intellectual exercise. This is the real stuff. And, mm. uh, and we really need this encouragement. So we pray yeah. it does. And, um, and wear pink to mass. Everybody wear as much pink as you can. Just do it. Just like pull <laughs> the trigger, rose it out. Rose it out. We you called it. it pink three times just now. Shut up. I'm just saying. Dude. So what? I mean, I know the truth. I know. All right, everybody. Happy Gaudete Sunday. Sunday of joy. Gaudete, um, Gaudete, Christus est natus, ex Maria Virgine Gaudete.
You let me sing the whole I thing. You sing the whole thing. My whole thing. I was so patient. You, and and you're going to yield a great crop because of it. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, check out the crops and robbers. <laughs> yes. And check us out on Facebook. Um, like us, please. Let's get as many likes as we possibly can. Um, share it with your email. friends. Give this. Give the podcast as a gift give for Christmas. Gift of Christmas. <laughs> They're at the podcast for Christmas. For Christmas. I got your podcast. It's available for free. <laughs> I got you a link to a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Tell your friends. We want to meet them, too. Um, yeah. Send us an email, though. Send us your shout-outs. Send us your Pinterest. Send us your credit card numbers. Whatever you, whatever you want to send us. We'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take what you got. All right, everybody. We will be back next week. Um, I already said that. <laughs> Uh, goodbye. Just, goodbye, just, goodbye, just goodbye, 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 goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye. The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at lankyguys at thomascenter.org. See you next week.